With the bellowing cannon fire, roaring oceans, slashing sabres, barking pistols, and countless bottles of rum, pirates of the 18th century still dominate our imaginations. Despite this, and despite the fact that we all sort of know what a pirate roughly looks like, there's a key difference between pirates and other icons of the past. Be they medieval knights in armor or masked and cloaked highway robbers, these figures are almost always men. That is not so with pirates. There exists alongside that bearded image of the grizzled sailor another image, that of the daring, beautiful, ferocious seafaring woman. But why have pirates, more so than other figures of history, escaped this male domination in our minds? Well, most of that is down to two incredible women, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, the most famous and feared pirate women of the age. First written about in the anonymously published 1724 book, A General History of Pirates, a source for much of our series on pirates during this era, the stories of these two women shocked the world then, as they still do today. Anne and Mary each lived fascinating lives of daring, danger, and passion. Littered with incredible similarities, these two women's fates aligned, joining them together across vast distances as crew members, close friends, and perhaps even as lovers. In a story that still makes them famous to this day, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed overcame setback after setback before ultimately meeting a tragic end. This is the story of two of the most famous pirates to ever sail the seas. This is the story of the two most famous women of the golden age of sail, the story of Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. This is Wars of the World. Let's begin our tale with Anne first. Born Anne Cormac in Kinsale County, Cork, Ireland, Anne's life did not get off to a stable start. She was the illegitimate daughter of a servant and her employer's husband, a lawyer named William Cormac. This rather unscrupulous man, while living with his wealthy wife at her country estate in Ireland, got Anne's mother pregnant. He moved to London with the child to gain some distance from his wife, and her family. It was here Anne's father began dressing her up as a boy, masquerading her as his legitimate son in order to gain money from his wife. To complete this elaborate hoax, he had Anne act like a boy too, even educating her on subjects usually deemed unnecessary for girls of the age to learn. This bizarre arrangement did not work for long, with the father's wife eventually catching on to this deceit and cutting off the money. With no allowance from his rich ex-wife and no customers coming to his now disgraced legal practice, Anne's father emigrated to the New World, settling down in the province of Carolina. Bonnie Anne arrived with him, but settle she did not. With her father moving into the slave-owning plantation business and her mother passing away when she was only 12, Anne had a lot going on around her. 
She dealt with that in her own way, known for her fiery temper, and stabbed a servant girl when she was only 13, perhaps even to death. When one pushy suitor refused to stop pursuing her and beat him up, nearly killing the man, she would have had to know how to handle herself. That's because Anne was also known for her fiery red hair and eye-catching good looks, something that earned her the attention of many men in the boom town that was 1700s Charleston. She did not always mind this attention, known to frequent the taverns and inns along the waterside and learnt of the power she held over men. Oddly enough, for a man who'd slept with his wife's servant girl, Anne's father took an excessively stern view on this extramarital activity. That all changed when Anne married a sailor and small-time pirate, James Bonney. Her father refused to recognize the marriage, and the two ran off together. Some claimed that Anne's fiery temper lit up at this, resulting in the young woman setting her father's plantation alight and burning it to the ground, just on the eve of her departure, never to return. No records exist to verify this story, but it is in keeping with what we do know about Anne. In either case, she would not be returning to Carolina anytime soon. She had other plans entirely. Sometime between 1714 and 1718, Anne and her new husband moved to Nassau on New Providence Island. Now I can understand what you're thinking. Forbidden love followed by a quick getaway to the Bahamas sounds like the dream. Well, I'm afraid you'll have to think again. Although today about half of the economy of the Bahamas comes from tourism, the only people arriving to Nassau at that time were pirates and they were not known for their appreciation of unspoiled beaches, clear waters, and tropical wildlife. No, in the pirate sanctuary of Nassau, the chief activities available were making money quick and spending it even quicker. Drunken debauchery and outright lawlessness defined this pirate's republic. Turns out, Anne Bonny would fit right in. Frequenting taverns and bars at the docks, Anne relived much of what she loved most about Carolina, knocking shoulders, among other things, with cutthroats and scallywags. With her husband now working as an informant, paid by the English governor to hunt down criminals, Anne being so, shall we say, intimate with pirates was professionally embarrassing, as well as personally painful. The history of pirates puts it politely, saying Anne was, quote, not altogether reserved in point of chastity. The same 1724 publication notes that, on one occasion, Anne's husband surprised her lying in a hammock with another man. Despite the perfect honeymoon settings, it is pretty fair to say that the marriage of James Bonney and Anne was not going altogether well. It so happens that one of Anne's intimate acquaintances was none other than John Rackham, the infamous pirate captain who would lead a mutiny against the cutthroat Captain Charles Vane. Known as Calico Jack on account of his garish clothing, this man and Anne became so enamored with one another, they began to plan a life together. You may remember Calico Jack. We've met him before in our previous video on the deadliest pirates of the era, Blackbeard and Charles Vane. We'll soon hear the end of his story. But first, back to Anne Bonny. If she and Calico Jack were to build a future together, Anne's current husband presented an obstacle. Calico Jack, being the decent sort, at least for a pirate, decided to do the honorable thing. 
Instead of just killing Anne's husband and running off with her, he decided to offer the man money in exchange for the two divorcing. As far as pirates go, this is extraordinarily gentlemanly. James Bonney refused, however, and so when Calico Jack set sail with his crew of cutthroats, Anne decided to go with him and leave her husband behind regardless. One can only imagine what her father would have thought if he had known. Now, whatever a pirate ship might be, it was certainly not a place you wanted to be if you were a woman and obvious about it. At sea for months at a time, desperate men lived below decks in cramped, unsanitary conditions. They often had little to pass the time beyond the drudgery of their work and the sweaty release of cheap alcohol. As criminals outside of the law, often growing up in especially cruel circumstances, such sailors were not known for their self-control, respect for women, or sense of human decency. Accordingly, Anne disguised herself when she went on board, no man knowing of her true identity other than Calico Jack himself. Fortunately, in her case, she had years of practice passing herself off as a man. She must have been convincing, for none uncovered her secret. Anne's demeanor must have been a big part in this. Upon joining the ship, she was said to have stabbed one crew member through the heart when he continually quarreled with her. Anne wore the attire of a man, a sword hitched by her side, a loose tunic and wide trousers, a brace of pistols tucked into a sash, a small cap covering long hair. Participating directly in a number of boarding actions, fighting in person with the rest of her crew, pistol in hand, and proved she was as good a pirate as any man time after time. It was around this era she met another incredible woman, Mary Reed, but more on that encounter later. Anne and her lover, Calico Jack, lived the true pirate's life, with all the drunken adventuring, tedious boredom, and boiled turtle meat that it entailed. But it was not to last. When Anne fell pregnant, her womanhood could no longer be disguised. She temporarily split ways with Jack, giving birth to a son while on the island of Cuba before promptly rejoining the ship. In hindsight, Anne should have chosen to settle down. Moments of enjoyments were still to be had, notably a wedding ceremony at sea, uniting John Rackham and Anne Bonny in marriage, if not by law and if not by God, then by themselves. But in October of 1720, the crew were sentenced by the governor to be hanged to death. Revealing her true identity as a woman, Anne was able to escape the death sentence temporarily through a grimly named practice known as pleading the belly. Under such legal precedent, women sentenced to death but pregnant were allowed to give birth before being punished. Anne did just this, claiming, truly or otherwise, to be pregnant. She remained in prison. The rest of the crew, including Anne's lover, Captain Calico Jack, were less lucky, being taken to the gallows on November the 18th and hanged. Allowed to see Jack once before his sentence, Anne's last words to the man were not kind. Had you fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a dog. It seems she blamed much of what happened on her captain and lover, Calico Jack, the father of her son and future corpse, hanging from the end of a rope. Imprisoned and all alone, Anne's prospects looked bleak. Unfortunately, this is where the trail of evidence runs thin. We know for certain that Anne was not executed, but that really is all we do know. Did she survive imprisonment? Did she have another child? 
Was she ever reunited with her other son, her ex-husband, or her father? All of this remains a mystery. Perhaps Anne carried on as a pirate, roaming the seas under another name, disguised but never hidden. Perhaps Anne finally found peace, settling down in some corner of the world and creating a peaceful life for herself. Or perhaps she died in a prison cell, alone and afraid, an unexceptional end to a truly exceptional human being. And now we turn to look at the life of another exceptional woman, Mary Reed. One fascinating thing you will notice is that time after time, the lives of Mary and Anne exhibit incredible similarities. The question arises as to whether we should marvel at the coincidences involved or question the authenticity of our source on these women, the fabled history of pirates. Either way, the parallel and intertwined fates of the lives of these two women is surely one of history's greatest stories. Like Anne, Mary was an illegitimate child. Her mother's first child, a boy, was born shortly before her father died at sea. This left the woman who would become Mary's mother and her one son alone in the world. However, the widow was aided by money sent from her mother-in-law. This money was sent to support the young boy into adulthood. However, the money proved to be insufficient for the child passed away. In the meantime, Mary's mother became pregnant again, giving birth to Mary. Rather than inform her mother-in-law of the boy's death, Mary's mother instead decided to pass Mary off as her son, dressing her up and teaching her to respond to the name of her dead half-brother. This worked for some time, but eventually the mother-in-law realized the deception of Mary's mother and terminated the arrangement. Now Mary and her mother were left destitute. To keep afloat, Mary's mother decided to capitalize on the skills she had taught her daughter, finding her jobs usually reserved for boys, first as a foot servant and then as a powder monkey on board a British man of war. Aged only 13, this job saw Mary carrying bags of gunpowder around British warships, risking life and limb to ensure the cannons kept firing. Stationed in the English Channel, she fought the French among the British. Mary then joined the British Army. Moving to the Low Countries, she fought with allied Dutch soldiers against the French in what was either the Nine Years' War or the War of Spanish Succession. Evidence here is murky. She joined the large red columns of English troops, marching across the canal carved and windmill-studded flatlands of modern-day Belgium and the Netherlands. The largest wars of their day, global in extent, the Nine Years' War and the War of Spanish Succession were akin in scale to the Napoleonic Wars or the wars of the 20th century, with huge armies and massive battles. Whether Mary saw direct action against the forces of the Sun King Louis XIV is not known for certain. However, serving not just with the infantry but the elite cavalry, it's likely Mary was an experienced and effective soldier. It was while serving in the army that Mary fell in love. One soldier, a Flemish man, caught her eye. When his unit was sent off to battle, Mary volunteered to go rather than risk being separated. The two ended up sharing a tent, as was practice, and it was here that Mary revealed to the man her secret. 
she was no ordinary soldier, but a woman in disguise. The poor bastard must have felt like he hit the jackpot. I wonder what reaction Mary expected from the man. The history of pirates explains that on hearing the news, the man, quote, thought nothing but gratifying his passions with very little ceremony. A true gentleman, the man offered to take Mary as his mistress. But being a reserved woman and seeking something more, she held out, winning over the man and marrying him. The two quit the army, using their military commission and gifts to buy an inn named the Three Horseshoes, very near Breda Castle in the Netherlands. Interestingly, though Mary's husband sadly died, causing her to sell the pub and move on, the name of the inn still lives, with a brewery in Breda still selling beers under that very name. Mary continued to fight for the English and Dutch forces until the end of the war, where, with declining prospects for advancement during peacetime, she decided to try her luck elsewhere, boarding a ship bound for the West Indies. She would never return. While voyaging to the New World, seeking her destiny, Mary's ship happened to be captured by a pirate ship, captained by none other than Calico Jack. Believing Mary to be a fellow Englishman, Mary was encouraged by the pirates to join them. She took up this offer, turning out to be as good as any other pirate and then some. She quickly earned herself a reputation for being ruthless and aggressive. Always up for a raid, Mary cut a fearsome figure, swearing and cursing frequently, disguising her appearance with loose clothing and a fierce demeanor. None discovered Mary's true identity. None except Anne Bonny, that is who was serving on board the vessel herself at the time Mary joined. Accounts vary as to how the encounter went. One states that Anne tried to seduce this new and handsome recruit to the ship, not knowing that Mary was in fact a woman. Anne dressed up as a woman and revealed her true identity. Mary, either to thwart Anne's advances or during the process of accepting them, revealed herself to be a woman also. Whether or not this encounter resulted in a close friendship or passionate relationship depends on which account you believe. Either way, the two became confidants, sharing one another's secrets and becoming partners in crime, hiding from the world in their criminality and their crewmates in their femininity. Initially, Calico Jack was jealous of Anne's relationship with Mary. One day, he burst into her cabin, intending to slit her throat. Mary sat up and opened her blouse, revealing to him that she, like Anne, was a woman. Following this, Rackham agreed to keep Mary's secret from the rest of the crew and continued to treat her as an equal. He was also somewhat mollified when she took up with a male crewmate as a lover and partner. During battles, Anne and Mary fought side by side, wearing billowing jackets and long trousers and handkerchiefs wrapped around their heads, wielding both a machete and pistol in either hand. They were very active on board, a victim testified, and willing to do anything. The summer and early fall of 1720 proved especially lucrative for Jack's crew. In September, they took seven fishing boats and two sloops near Harbor Island. A few weeks later, Anne and Mary led a raid against a schooner, shooting at the crew as they climbed aboard, cursing as they gathered their plunder. Tackle, 50 rolls of tobacco, and nine bags of pimento. They held their captives for two days before releasing them. But as you know from Anne's story, the end of the summer of 1720 would spell a change in the fortunes for Calico Jack and his crew. 
But what happened that fateful night of October the 22nd? Well, Anne and Mary were on deck when they noticed a mysterious sloop gliding up alongside them. They realized it was one of the governor's vessels sent to capture them dead or alive. They shouted out for their crewmates to stand with them. A few obliged, Calico Jack included, but several had passed out from the night's drinking. The sloop's captain, Jonathan Barnett, ordered the pirates to surrender, but Calico Jack began firing his swivel gun. Barnett then attacked, and the barrage of fire disabled the ship and sent the few men on deck cowering into the hold. Hopelessly outnumbered, Jack signaled surrender and called for quarter, but Anne and Mary refused to surrender. They remained on deck and faced the governor's men alone, firing their pistols and swinging their cutlasses. Mary, as the legend goes, was so disgusted, she stopped fighting long enough to peer over the entrance of the hold and yell, if there's a man among you, you'll come up and fight like the man you are to be. When not a single comrade responded, she fired a shot into the hold, killing one of them. Anne, Mary, and the rest of Calico Jack's crew were finally overpowered and taken prisoner, carried off to the waiting hangman. Mary, like Anne, was spared the noose on account of being pregnant. But unlike Anne, we do know what happened to Mary. Sadly, it does not make a happy story. Locked into the dank, unsanitary prisons of Spanish Town, Jamaica, the pregnant Mary suffered greatly, and following a violent fever, she died. Her burial is noted in the records of St. Catherine's Church, taking place on the 28th of April, 1721. There exists no record of her child, meaning she likely died pregnant. And so our story of the life of Mary Reed comes to an end. A woman like Anne Bonny, who overcame miraculous odds, Mary entered a sphere of life dominated by men and crisscrossed with rules and norms designed to keep women out. Both Mary and Anne lived truly authentic lives, carving out a space in which they could not only pursue their own goals, but act the way they wanted. That is miraculous enough in its own way. The fact that each found themselves in a machete-wielding, pistol-firing, cross-dressing pirate, sailing the Caribbean in search of treasure, adventure, and their next partner, well, that is incredible. And it is what makes the stories of these women resonate to this day. When it comes to a life of crime, often based on intimidation, torture, and deceit, there sometimes seems little to admire. Pirates were, first and foremost, criminals, and especially cruel criminals at that. But in the stories of Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, we do see the other side to life as a pirate. Courageous people, willing to risk it all in order to escape lives of suffering and discrimination, exercising control over their own destinies and reaching for a freedom, even if that freedom came at the cost of other people's. Both growing up in poverty and instability, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed defied expectations, refusing to live in quiet poverty and daily humiliations, instead claiming a life of theft, fortune, and ultimately fame. When we think of pirates or women during the 18th century in stereotyped ways, we would do well to remember these miraculous women whose bravery and daring nature led to one of the greatest tales of all time and carved them out a permanent fixture 
in history. And there you have the two deadliest and most famous female pirates of the golden age of sail. Feel free to leave a comment down below with your own thoughts and reactions, and remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.